Hey, it's Ken Madden here, Mad K Studio Podcast. Welcome for episode eight. It's only been about 100 years since I came in and made a podcast, and I got a very special one today. Um, Amy Nichols, who is an incredible artist, fine artist, and tattoo artist, also has a podcast called The Apprenticeship Diaries, and she's joining me today because she posted something the other day online that I it, it, uh, it, it kind of struck a chord with me of the perfect being the the enemy of the good and how artists tend to um, fall in a few different camps. One being uh, the camp of, well, I'm not going to be able to do it, so I'm not going to try and never liking anything you do because it's never good enough. And then the other side of things is, is people making excuses for making crappy art and they make up some reason why they did it like that. And I've been in both camps. So I know, Amy, you have too, and you, you apprentice people. So in your apprenticeship diaries, it's a whole podcast about how people got to where they were going, their journey, who they worked with, who their mentors were. Um, and it's fantastic. And you can see it. Like I said, it's apprenticeship Thank diaries. You. Find it everywhere. Go check it out. I don't wait till the end of this to tell everybody where to find you. But anyway, Amy Nichols, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me, Ken. I'm happy to be here. Um, I was happy that I was asked, you know, because this is a this is a new venture. And it was like right out the gate. You were you were like, hey, I want to have you on the podcast. You inspired this action, which I was like, I was daring to do something. So to break it down to the, the listeners, I um I'm I attempted. I'm I'm already failing. Um, <laughs> I, I, I made at the beginning of November, I was like, I'm going to write about a person every single day that I have gratitude for. But that turned out to be very ambitious. I haven't even gotten past my like, you know, main family. And I'm like, I'm seven days in and I only have three people covered. <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, well, that was a bit ambitious. I really wanted these things to be good, but like right away you were like, Oh my God, you know, this is, this is great. This is spawning like, um, you know, an idea. Let's talk about this. And I was like, yeah, dude, like I'm, I'm happy that something that I just determined to do because I'm, I'm well, and it really makes, um, it makes an impact because you inspired the Inktober. I'd heard about it before that, but we did Inktober throughout all of October and I had never done it. I had heard about it. I had other artist friends do it. And then finally doing it, it was so cathartic for me that I was like, I want another challenge. And I don't, I don't necessarily want one that is determined for me. I want to kind of utilize some things that I already wanted to do for myself. Um, I want to write a book one day. I don't know about what I, you know, I want to do all these things. I have a medium account that I've never used really. And I was like, sure. I got to start writing. And the so, writing you're doing is awesome. You're meeting medium oh. accounts. Great. I read the one you did to with you about your brother and oh. your, your little brother. And, and I sent it to my daughter so that she can see it talking <laughs> about because she's got a little brother now that they drove each other crazy. You'll like this. So they drove each other crazy. They're seven years apart, not three years apart. So it's even worse. Oh, wow. And he was he was the young guy that like when the boyfriend would come over, he would just absolutely antagonize and not <laughs> not leave them two alone. We thought it was great because we're like, I don't yeah. know anything in high school. Nothing will but, happen. <laughs> but anyway, she got married and they just had a they just had a baby, um, her and her husband, and they lived in a pretty good sized house. And they had roommates. And you know how that that just never works out right. And Tucker, my son, was like, you know, 19, ready to get the hell out of the house. You know, imagine living with me. I'm just a, I'm a dictator as a dad. And <laughs> so he moved in with his sister. 
and, and, and we're like, I don't know how this is going to work. I'm like, well, look at if he's moving out, at least he's going somewhere where, you know, he's in a safe place. Right. You know, it's not right? like you're renting from some weirdo you met on uh, online and uh, <laughs> it's really worked out. I mean, it's oh, that's they, great. They, they, the, their relationship's a whole lot better. And we've got pictures Aww. of him holding the little babies, four months old, our little Sutton. And uh, it's, so your, your, your story today about your brother and your journey um, <laughs> was, you know, she wanted a little sister too. <laughs> she didn't get a little sister. And I had a caveat that I didn't mention. I would have been fine with an older brother, but that was already not happening. <laughs> right. You can't, yeah, that's, it's hard to, it's hard to do the, use the time machine. But yeah, anyway, so some of what you were posting, we were talking about that, about just um, th through your art travels. And I, it really hit a chord with me because I spent a long time doing um, drawings of cars. I'm a car fanatic, as you know, and I can never, I could never get there. I could just never get to that point where they really looked good and they really were the the way I wanted them to be. And then it happened and I got there and it would seem like overnight. It took 20 years, but it seemed like overnight mm -hmm. all of a sudden I'm like, okay, I get it. I know how to draw Chrome. I know how to do reflections. I know how to do these things and make different materials because drawing cars is actually really tricky. And oh, it's very hard. And um, it was like, wow, I got there. And then, so as, as, I ended up having a, a business where I'd made, I'd, I'd make ten, twelve thousand dollars in the course of a summer, and I was selling these drawings for one hundred and fifty dollars a piece. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I mean, you know, my dad yeah. was like, "You need to sell more. You need to charge more and stay on." I was like, "But look how busy I am." Right. Yeah. <laughs> it was just the exactly. opposite. But I was in college and I'm home from summer, and I didn't have to have a job then. I'd wake up and and we had a pool, so I'd jump in the pool. You know, at the crack in nine. You know, get up and you know, eat some breakfast, and by eleven o'clock, I'm drawing, and I draw all day, all afternoon. You know, do a bunch of renderings or drawings. Go to a car show that night, deliver the ones that I did that day, pick up five or six more, take pictures, and um, you know, one of the problems I had was, you know, I could draw them out, and you, you make the grid. So if, if you've seen those artists, you make a grid work, like a little mm -hmm. square every, and you can lay that over the the picture and kind of it, it's a way of copying to make sure you, and i'm like yeah. so I, I do that and i could get very precise and get i'm like, like but it takes forever yeah it takes a long time and i'm like yeah. i can't spend this much time and this is the perfect being the enemy of the good kind of how this mm -hmm. rolls into it because you start feeling guilty about things so i thought well i got a slide projector why don't i just take slides and i can project it and then I can get the, I can get the, 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 the layout. I can get all the composition, everything dialed right in. I can get it. I can get it just barely roughed in and pen in like yep. 20 minutes. So I started yep. doing that and that's when it really took off. And because I did that, cause I took that, I'm like, okay, I can do the drawing. It just takes a while. I need to get it faster so I can sell these things. This is where it gets to be the business part of stuff. Um, I, 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 I I started drawing it on the pen and then the more I did, the, the, the more of those I did, the less detail I would put in the, in the original drawing. It was basically just a shape and some things and then everything else I made up. And that's the way I do them still to this day. Yeah. I just, I just really enjoy doing it that way. Um, I love drawing like cartoon style stuff and that kind of thing, but the super realism, unless I'm doing like landscapes and stuff like that, I really enjoy drawing those by hand without even looking at reference material just to, that just did you just dive into your mind about it but again cool a year ago yeah in november a year ago i started doing acrylic painting and you've watched the progression didn't, didn't maxwell perish 
I wanted to say that. Didn't he do all of his uh, landscapes from memory too? I'm pretty I sure think he did. so. I think so. I think he did. And a lot of people, wow. you know, just did it from, well, you know, everyone did it up until there was cameras from just yeah. sitting there and looking at it and going, okay, there's a little mountain. Oh, yeah. That's why you're out oh, there. Oh, I don't think is, he was ever out there. <laughs> this is blue on this side. I wouldn't have thought it was blue, but we're going to try blue and see how that works. You know, just go for it. They'd squeeze some flowers into some oil that they got out of a fish that came out of the pond to make the paint, you know, mm-hmm. but um, the, the perfect being enemy good. So like when I first got into airbrushing, um, I just was terrible at it. I mean, really, really bad. And my roommate at the time, who were still really good friends, we were in college, he was amazing at it. All right. So it was just one of those things that oh, I'm like, okay, well, part of the problem was I was using a little like $25 badger, badger model car uh-huh. airbrush. And he's like, that that's garbage. You're never going to happen. You need, you need a tool. Right. And he, he had an Iwata um, HP. And so I bought one of those. And I remember this is like 1987, 88, that up airbrush then was $150, which uh-huh. was, a, which was every, yeah. every penny I earned, but I got it. I was like, wow, I can do so much better. And I watched, I had watched him do it. You know, I, I, I watched him do it, watched him work. He showed me how to do it. And so, you know, this is, I know you've had this happen. You watched it and you're in your head. You're like, I can so do this. I can't mm-hmm. wait to try something and you do it. And it's just a disaster, epic fail. And I had one after the other, after the other, until it was just repetition and try and try and you just get it. No, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And even, you know, I've had a lot of success in my life with art and and being published and all kinds of fun stuff. And still, even when I get kicked in the teeth Saturday, so I'll tell you this quick story. And then I want to hear some stories about your perfect being the enemy of the good. Um, so I did a graphic layout wrap for my son's car. My son, Tucker, he's got a 2001 Volkswagen Beetle and he likes anime. So he hired an artist in Malaysia for $70 to come up with this anime. Wow. And it was brilliant. And I'm like, yeah, go to the anime artist for that. I'm not an anime artist. Yes, I can do right. it. But this guy's 70 bucks. It was, Whoa. it was top quality. It was really cool. And he got it fast. So wow. I took that and then I went into Illustrator and um, uh, the Adobe platform, and I created the layout. And I've got I, I went and I went online and bought the picture of his car. That's a vector art, so I can get the sizing right and all that. Sent it to my friend, printed it all out. We're gonna do an experiment with him, videotaping the thing, so we, he can my friend can use it for his business on how to wrap and stuff like that. And I'm you know I've done this before, and hey, but it was a complete failure. I put it on, the stuff stuck, it stretched, it, it ruined it, it got bubbles under. I tried every little trick in the book, and I just couldn't get it. It was just. And, and then I look around my son and he's just this, he's been looking forward to this for months. He's just bummed. You know, ah, did he heart, help at all with it? No, yeah, he was helping the whole time. He's oh, all excited. Okay. I mean, it was, this is a really big deal. And it really, um, you know, I just, that look in his eye of just, you know, my dad just failed at something epically, you know, really? that, that he was really looking forward to and it really bummed him out and it bummed me out too. And I, and I get it because, you know, you're looking forward to something. And here's this guy that everything he does always just comes out amazing. So you didn't even think about that. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. And I'm in there and I'm just like sweating going, I don't, how am I, I going to save this? And we ended up ripping <laughs> it off the car and throwing it away. And I'm printing up another one tomorrow. So I called my friend, Jeff, that has a, a designs by Jeff is, is his company. And he uh-huh. does, this is what he does. He does signs. And, and you're like, I'm just, gonna... I'm like, I'm a like, Jeff. This was such a disaster. I mean, epic disaster. It was off. It was as bad. It was as it was the worst like YouTube TikTok fail video that I could Aww. imagine. But that's in my head. Actually, when we stood back and looked at it, it looked pretty good. 
but it yeah. wasn't, it wasn't perfect. So we ripped it off and started over again. We both learned something like, Hey, you know what? Let's leave this one to the real professionals. The fact that I've done some of it before doesn't mean I'm good at it. And being able to admit that and know when it's time to move on or get more training is a huge thing. So I would, I, I guess I'll hand it over to you and, and you know, do you have an example of something that you were working on in the past present or, or something that's like, you know what? It, it's crippling me because it's not perfect, but I'm going to do it anyway. Like I to hear get it. it. There was, I think there was like a, a random mosquito in here. Oh, I yeah. don't know how it's still alive, but sorry. Uh, if I, if I see him again, he's dying. Get I'm him. just going to impair the listeners. Uh, <laughs> I, I will interrupt <laughs> this listening pleasure. Um, no, uh, I've had my whole life. It's, uh, it's not only the perfectionism, but an, a, fi- a fixation on detail for me. Um, I have, I have very much so uh, a thing for detail, which isn't good in all things because it even, even perceptively, I get caught up in the moment. I forget to step back and like really look at what's happening on a grander scale. Um, and it, it, it's, it's plagued me my entire life. Um, but within the art career, like in, in uh, high school, I remember one of my painting teachers, I was sitting there and we were outside and we were um, painting the, the school. I don't even know where this painting went. I wish I still had it. I don't know if, I don't know where it is. Um, but she was like, you're too precious. And I was like, what does that mean? And she was like, you're painting like every single brick. She's like, you can't paint every single brick. And I was oh, like, well, sure. I'm, I'm painting every single brick. She goes, I know, but it doesn't make your painting better. She's like, it's, it, it isn't adding anything to this painting. She's like, now if it added something to the painting, that would be one thing, but it's not adding right. anything. You don't have to paint every brick to paint the building and make it look like that building and make it look really you know, attractive to the eye. She's like, try squinting your eyes and blurring the picture and, oh, and sure. kind of, you know, having this, you know, more, she's like, just try to match the colors. And then after you get all that in, if you feel like it needs every brick, then you can start crafting, you know, textures that look like brick. But she's like, you shouldn't paint every brick. Like, that's not what you do. And I got, I got really mad, you know, like every time people gave me advice about what I was doing, I was like, you don't know what I'm doing. It was a personal attack. (laughs) Well, it was, this is, I was like, it was a personal attack on my, on my psyche instead of just going, you know, maybe, uh, maybe you should think about it a different way. No, you obviously don't know me and I'm trying to do what I can. And it was really the insecurity in, in myself that gets Mm -hmm. you that, that that gets you. But anyway, yeah. Well, and, and I, I, um, I found a lot of just joy in that. Like, that's the thing is that you, when you're doing art, you get lost in it right. and it's our healing time. And like, it's our catharsis, it's kind of like me running on a treadmill, you know, and not counting reps, like we were talking about earlier. And mm-hmm. I don't like lifting weights, you know, and being accountable for them. I just want to do something that I can kind of get into a Zen with. So doing every brick was like, you know, something that was repetitive and, you know, made like made me zero in and kind of like slowed everything down in life. And, you know, I could stay there for a while and make it last. And, and what she was teaching me was like, one, you know, 
it would make the painting better. And two, you're going to be a professional artist if this goes the way that we're, we're talking about. So you're not going to have time to paint every brick, Amy. And also you're not, you don't understand how most people see things like you're, you're, um, you're far too, too, in a way beyond what most people even expect from you. Like you're, you're doing way too much, like, and you're working harder, not smarter. So it, it was one of those things and, it, and it's happened my whole life. And one of the things that kind of really helped me see that was I took a sketchbook because we would go in college to different communities around Baltimore if we had an illustration project. And sometimes we do illustrations that were about you know, communities or like a feel of a community or something like that. And one of them was at this um, elementary school and they wanted us to do kind of like an art piece that kind of spoke of that area of Baltimore and this particular uh, elementary school. And I was sketching and stuff and they were really bad. Like in my mind, they're like awful, you know, like these are like the most chicken scratchy looking sketches. And I had more from other projects that were equally bad. And I had these kids looking through my sketchbook and they were telling me exactly what each one was. Like they were telling me what I was thinking when I drew them, like they knew what I was drawing. And I realized that these like hieroglyphics that I had made transcended for them everything right, like right. they they saw it and so it, it I was connected like, oh. it, it connected yeah. you, were, you were able to portray you you'll you were able to portray something even in a rough you know yeah. pencil whip sketch right and i i you know that's one of the things that i've i've built a career i've never had i'm 53 i've had a lot of jobs and different careers in art i've always worked in art except for a short stint driving a a, a forklift at a place that sold fertilizer but <laughs> there was an art to that too um, that is cool. But it, I was just saying, so like every part of it was, um, I lost my train of thought because thinking about that forklift. Hmm. I did my mom like driving one too. Yeah, she really no, liked it. I, 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 I actually <laughs> enjoyed that. But oh, the, I know what it was. It was this, this, the sketching thing, being able to sit down and I tell artists, I'm like, the computer's great. The person that's going to do really well on the computers is someone that understands how to just pick up a pen like this and draw mm-hmm. something out just like you did. And then it doesn't have to be good. Um, one of the classes I had in college, he says, we're not using pencils in here because you're not allowed to erase. You have to use a pen. And like mm-hmm. with what you do in tattooing, there's no erasing. Oh, no, nope, we got to change that. It's I'm sure there's times where you're looking, you're like, okay, that line didn't go where, where it was. So we're going to thicken this a little bit here and bring this a little around here. Yep. And it usually ends up being a better Mm-hmm. more more natural flow to it because i find that too if i if i'm drawing like if i draw a circle and the circle isn't right because it's never right because they're impossible to draw you know mm-hmm. when you go back in there and start and start working it and working it all of a sudden you have this really interesting shape and it's it's yeah. something new that's better but it reads as a perfect circle and people are like mm-hmm. well well it's a circle but it's not though here's a perfect circle and you take one put it next to it and you're like which one would you rather see in your wall this circle or something that has been you know really crafted and yeah. that's the difference between the computer in the, in the hand. So, mm-hmm. um, I've always been able to your just... wrist test it. Like, like I, I was training my, uh, apprentice and, uh, you know, like muscle, the... muscle, muscle memory. Yeah. And the yeah. spheres, the spheres that happen when you're doing the edge of a can or something like that, like 
there's a there's a movement that you have to really loosen up and open up your wrist and when you get bigger it has to be like your whole arm and you have to like work it from the ball joint and things like that like if you're just like this all the time and if you can make like a shape and then hold it and then just the the system creates a perfect circle for you it doesn't it doesn't give you that connection with yourself and your body and all of those right. things. I mean, yeah, you're able to make, make the thing itself with, with the tool, with the computer, but, but you are not connecting with that shape, which is, right, which is right. really nice. Um, yeah. And your body really, like you said, muscle memory, your body really has to connect with that. And um, it's same thing with like uh you know, uh, we were talking, uh, I'm Nicole, she's been posting on, um, I, I think I, is it Delroy is her last name? Is it? Nicole oh, the Delroy network. Yeah. Her? She's, she's kind of new there. She's been posting some beautiful work. Yeah. She's got, she's got a lot of talent and, um, that real posted, classic, that real classic mm-hmm. kind of old school tattoo style. That's really, beautiful. which is really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, exceedingly hard because you're using like, I mean, if you're, if she's, I don't know if she's doing it the way like old, old heads are where they're, they're actually with pinstriping brushes, like painting all of the line work as well. But that's how the really, really old school people did it. Um, and then, you know, the ink washes that go over it to create the, you know, shading and then the color. It's super hard. Like, like just, having that white around it without a drop of ink right. that leaves your brush, you know, unexpectedly exactly. is really it hard right there on your hand. And you go, yes. Oh. <laughs> and the patience that you need between each step and letting it dry and, and all of that stuff. Like um, I, I critiqued her in there just because I felt like there was too much white, but I was like, I don't want you to undermine how difficult, what you're doing it's very difficult i have i have the utmost respect which is why i don't even do it at this point my style is fuck it it has spatter on it now (laughs) like so that's what i'm going to tattoo it's going to have spatter on it and Mm -hmm. we're just going to make this a piece that has spatter (laughs) right so that's what i i just roll with my strengths (laughs) all of all of creation of art um, is is 50 percent you know inspired work and talent and practice and 50 percent covering up things that didn't go exactly the way you wanted to i've got you know behind me on the wall here these are two experiments i was doing in in their 16 by 20 on canvas oh, nice. uh acrylic paintings it's a big and, wall yeah it's it, it's a it's a big wall it's actually the, <laughs> just a foreshortened camera I'm, oh, right I'm only about four feet from it, but, oh damn, okay. <laughs> but, um, you know, you know, like I do these, I do the drawings of cars and things like that and, and markers and colored pencil. And I do them in the style of like a mid sixties advertisement you'd have seen in Esquire or something like that. I just like that style and it's really tight and solid and really, you know, uh, the reflections have a lot of, a lot, a lot of life to them, but they're mm-hmm. just a lot of, a lot of long blends and things like that. Right. And then I, I do this, this painting here of my, my, my Lincoln town car at a sunset. And, you know, it was just all of that went out the window. Cause I didn't know how to do it all because, you know, I've painted, I mean, I've, I've, I've airbrushed, I've drawn, I've, I used to do oil paints quite a bit and I hated acrylics. I did one acrylic painting in high school and never touched it again until last year in October. And I started in and it was like, it's all I want to do now. It's like all I want to quit fun. my job. I want to sit <laughs> and paint. 
all the time and have somebody just give me money so I don't have to like sell my house and live in a van. But working with these, this was a perfect example of, of, of perfect being the enemy of good to get back to her. The, the, the talk was, as I started, I did a couple just to, of just some tiki guys, some tiki, I'm a tiki fanatic. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I was, I was like, okay, I understand how this paint blend. Cause you have to know how the medium works. How does this blend? Does it drive fast? Does it drive slow? Is it good paint I'm using? Is it crappy paint? What is the, what is the, what's the texture going to be like? And I didn't gesso the boards the first couple of times. I just bought pre-gessoed boards. And so after that, I'm gessoing the boards. And thanks to you, now I'm, I'm actually varnishing them when I'm done. And I'm like just amazed nice. at how much better that looks. But it's just this learning process. I've been doing this art stuff for 35 years. And I'm like a, I'm like a 14-year-old kid in the new art store again, you know, just yeah. all excited about it, discovering things. And at the same time, you know, I've got this business doing cars. I'm working on a Corvette right now for a guy that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And that's a marker rendering. It's just a really cool old style drawing. But at the same time, I'm following this Michael James Smith on Instagram, who is absolutely captivated me with his oil painting, his hyper-realistic oil painting. And he breaks it down and teaches it. You know, you have those teachers, you, you see that you're like, I get it. I get it. I see what he's mm-hmm. doing. I don't know if I can do it, but I get it. He's doing it in oils. So I'm doing it in acrylics. And I think the acrylic paints I'm using aren't quite opaque enough. Mm-hmm. So I might buy some oils that are a little more opaque, some really nice ones. So like he's doing leaves on trees and he's done, he's doing the, he's doing the every brick thing. Like you just talked about, yeah. but he's not, he's just suggesting these leaves with little dabs and, and, you know, like seven different shades of green to get the different depths of shadow inside the tree with the sun shining on it. You know, going from almost a chartreuse Tom seized search shirt, like color to, um, to a dark, dark bluish green and the way inside and, and everything in between. And it's just, I sit there for like two hours. You know, this is my, my Zen at the end of the night where I'm like, I'm burnt out. I got to just sit and chill out and watch YouTube videos. And I watch his videos and he's very soothing. He's got British accents. He talks like this and he's just, I'm going to use this brush now. And we're going to go in there and just put these little light in the way that the, but he explains the shape and everything, you know, and why he's doing what it's doing. And for me, it resonates. And See, when I saw it, I was like, I had a whole different, I had a whole different playlist. It was death metal. And all I remember was me hitting by the end of this one painting, hitting the leaves into it, being like, will you just be done now? <laughs> exactly. And I'm looking at it going, all right, I'm going to spend so the next two weeks just making this part of this tree. And be like total zenning out. And this is what we, this is how this whole show today and wanting to talk to you came about was this conversation we had because you're like <laughs> flipping the brush around, stabbing it through to cut holes in the thing. And I'm, I'm just like, Oh, how can I make And I I'd stop and I would bring it into this room and I'd look at it in here. I'd, I'd back it off and put different lights on it. And then I'd bring it upstairs and I'd sit and, and put it under the lamp next to the TV. So see what it looks like on someone's wall. And I'm like, okay, well, it doesn't look good here. I got to change that. And and then I go watch some more videos about, all right, how was he getting this color? What's he going, you know, because you watch see, how other artists do it. And you're like, wow, this is just. I didn't incredible. see this or not, but does he tone his canvases before he starts? Because typically I do. He, he doesn't. A lot, yeah. You know, I know okay. some guys do some kind. I've yeah. tried it both ways. And um, mm-hmm. when I'm doing, when I'm doing like a, a portrait of a pet or cat or a dog or something, I tone them. I like to have mm-hmm. that, that medium mid-tone in there, but what he does is he'll go through sometimes with acrylics, usually with oils though, and, and, and just rough in his colors. So he's mm-hmm. not really like, 
you know, like toning the canvas is when you wash it. It's for people who don't know. It's when you just kind of, you, you take your white canvas that you've put gesso, it's nice and smooth. It's ready to paint on. And you kind of put a wash of color on it of a thin color mm-hmm. and kind of gives you a medium tone to work off the lights and the darks. Some from. kind of neutral. Yeah. Like, some kind of neutral yeah. cover, a tan or, or even, mm-hmm. you know, depending on what it is, but he, um, you know, really he, he, he brushes in a blocks in color. You know, mm-hmm. so he's really doing the same thing. You know, he's putting zero detail in anything. He's just blocking in parts of color where they need to go, starting on the white canvas. And um, it, it works because then he comes back around. It has that base. So I've been practicing this one that I've done lately. And um, I don't have it in here. I'll, I'll, I'll put a picture of it in the in the notes. But I, it was just a practice. And I picked a little teeny little. It's beautiful. Thanks. It's just yeah, a little teeny really little thing. And as I was going through, I blocked it like he did. And that's when I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not using reference material. I'm not using anything. I'm just going to use what he's teaching. So right. those things, and um, it's really starting to take shape now. I've probably yeah. got another four or five hours in it to I really like the water edge on it. Like I like the water and I really like the rock and how you, you, cause it doesn't look generic. It looks like it's a, a specific place or like well in the rock reference yeah. the rock let's just you know what's we were talking about before was a complete mistake i'm was I'm, it? <laughs> I'm blocking in everything and blocking in colors and i'm like i want to have like just a little bit of a fall feel to it uh-huh. and so I, I put some autumn colors you know some ochres and some browns into that thing uh-huh. and, and then when i'm when i came back and looked at it, i'm like well that looks a lot more like rocks than it does the bush I like it. intended and i'm like i'm going with it <laughs> you know but you that's that's the, that's just the, I'm doing these things just for pure, um, the experience of doing them and trying to improve mm-hmm. and constantly improve because the reason why I was learning these foliage things is I'm working on another, um, I, I did the, I'm doing a series of, of paintings that are hood ornaments from the thirties. You, you've seen the, the yeah, hood ornament yeah, stuff I'm doing off of a Stutz's and these are gorgeous hood ornaments. I saw I'm like, I got to paint these. So the first one I did came out really cool. I was happy with it. And then the second one, I wanted to do some different foliage in the background. And that's when I found what this Michael James Smith was doing. And I'm like, oh, so instead of finishing the painting, I went down a two week rabbit hole of watching his videos and experimenting with this one painting. But now I'm coming back into that painting this week. So I want to try to get it done this week with everything I've learned in the last two weeks. And when you get to the level where you've been doing this for a long time, when you do learn something, it does click. Mm-hmm. And I'm still, I still go in there and I go, I know exactly what he's doing. I can see what he's doing. He's explained what he's doing. I've got the brush. I've got the paint. I can do it, but it's still not what he's doing. You know what I mean? Cause you still have to, you still have to put in yep. the time, the hours yep. and it's yep. not perfect. And I get done when you're, when I'm painting, I don't know about you, but I'm right up on top of it like this. You sit oh, yeah. back and stuff, but you're just, you are really, really detailed. And that's why I take it into a different room and look at it while I'm sitting on the couch because you see things that you never even realized. And what I've been noticing is the stuff that when I'm in here detailing, I'm like, well, it really just still looks like crap. And I sit back and look at it and I'll bring it up. And my, and my wife, Stacy will look at it and be like, wow, that looks really good. And that's mm-hmm. huge. Cause she's, you know, she's like, yeah, whatever. She's seen everything and done. I mean, she's been with me for almost 30 years, you know, she's <laughs> seen everything I've done. She's like, you're fine. You know, you're fine. <laughs> but you, do, do you get that? Like, so like mm-hmm. for you, and I, th- I found it interesting because you were talking about as you were in high school drawing every brick, when you go to draw every leaf on a tree, that somehow would change it. So what, was there a transformation somewhere or was there was it just the, the subject matter that would make you think that, you know, doing one thing one way was was 
the way you did it. And now well, you wouldn't want to do a similar thing. I, I just find that interesting. I think I, I think I just learned um, the transition for me was that um, one, I started using a lot more wet mediums and wet mediums uh, like, like ink and watercolor. You have to, you have to embrace a lot more happy accidents with them just, right. just in general. Um, and I also, I just started like um, exploring and loving a lot of different styles and looking at a lot of different types of painters. And I really loved, um, I really loved painters who could just deliver a hit of paint. And it does so much with so minimal amount, like, um, not that that's how I paint necessarily, but right. I love, I love people who can deliver a lot with, a, with less, um, and I really like gesture drawing a lot because um, they they loosen you up and they kind of they kind of make you freer with your movements and very very decisive because um, you got to get it in because whenever you're drilling um, figure drawing usually there's a time um, so I you know through being drilled at school and and having time be a factor um, it makes you audit your movements a lot more and when you have that that clock in your head, um, you, you just, you just move, you just act and it, it becomes this act, react, act, react, act, react. And, and it's not conscious anymore. It's just, you're, you're just making movements to get it in. And right. so I think that that was really, that's really my process. Now, um, I bounce around to get it in and I'm getting it in until I step back and I go, Oh, it's done. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how that I happens. Got it in. We, we, <laughs> I do the same. It, it sounds like airbrushing when I'm doing an airbrush yeah. job. It's, you know, it's going, it's going, it's going. Oh, okay. I'm done. It just, yeah. it's like all of a sudden you realize, you know, I'm, I'm going to go over here and I clean out the, I clean out the thing and I'm going to get some white or some black in there and do some touch up or I'm like, Oh, I get, I guess, I guess that's done. And I yeah. go with the brushwork. Um, I do a lot of, well, I have done a lot of the hand pinstriping, just the old school with the squirrel hairbrush and just do that pinstriping. Actually, I got something I'm going to send to Rico. That's something I did a while ago and I know he'll like it. Oh, so I got to send it to him. So I need your address at some point so I can send it. I will it. give it to you. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, doing that was like, because I don't draw them out first. I just look at it. Sometimes if it's a wide hood of a car that doesn't have like a center line or anything, I'll put a really fine piece of tape down the center so I can stand back and say, okay, this is center. I need, I need right. to know center because everything I do, the way I do it is I mirror, I draw a line and mirror mm -hmm. it. I draw a line and mirror it. I draw a line and mirror it. And I don't draw it out because I don't want it flawlessly perfect. I want someone to look at right. it and be like, wow, that, how did you do that? It's like perfectly mirrored. And I just say, no, it's not, you know, right. And I'll cover up one part with my hand and I'll cover up the other side. And they're like, wow, that is, I'm like, it's actually not even close. Right. But your, your eye makes the connection with the right amount of things. And it's like, how do you know when it's done? I'm like, when it looks right then mm -hmm. it's done because you can overdo stuff too. You right. see it on tattoos all the time. Tattoos that oh, have just yeah. gone way over the top. I'm like, dude, you went way too far with that. And that's going to not work. <laughs> but, you know, creating all these, these, the different, um, the different functions of your brain, the way that, that you create, you know, different steps. And when you find when it's done, when it's, when it's done, when you turn it into a business, then mm -hmm. that becomes something you have to focus on because you have to be done when you have to be done. Right. And, um, you know, with most of the stuff I didn't, I didn't have a real timeline. It was just kind of, if, as long as it takes with, with you, you do have a timeline. You have, you have 
that's going to vary from person to person because some people can handle it for six hours. Other people in 20 minutes are ready to pass out. And <laughs> not yet. I haven't had any, well, I had one woman tell me I had, one, I had one woman tell me after one line, she was like, Nope. And I was like, what? She goes, I can't do this. And I said, I said, you have a line. She goes, yep. And that's my new tattoo. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow. Okay. Wow. I mean, I've never had like, um, I, you know, most people are, most people can pluck along for like an hour and a half. I have one woman that like an hour and a half is like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, she's like, I hate getting tattooed. She's like covered. Right. right. <laughs> the hates the process loves the, loves the, the final part. The biggest thing with me is, is, um, the, the perfectionism mixed with the performance, because, um, you, you are there with another human being who you have to weigh their expectations along with, um, what you're doing at any given point. And when you're learning, um, you might not entirely know what you're doing. So there's, there is that like, imposter behind you that's constantly right. being like you shouldn't even be doing this meanwhile you're you're putting a permanent fixture on someone mm-hmm. and then the aftermath of that which you know when you're i don't know if i'm sure you've experienced this it probably was like the rap when you were doing the rap when you're doing it and you're just sweating bullets like you said and you're so in it that like you're seeing every imperfection and it's and it's taking hours and hours and hours and you're just dying inside and then when it's over you're like oh god i fucked it up so bad it's so bad but then when you when it heals when it comes back and you're not in that moment anymore and you're able to actually assess what was there most of the time it's not all the time most Mm -hmm. of the time with either myself my apprentices or whatever they're like oh it really wasn't that bad I'm like, no, it really wasn't that bad. You just, right. you were in your head, like kill, like damning yourself as you were taking every single movement and it was just getting more and more sense. And typically if you're like that on a piece of paper or, you know, not trying to do something for your kid, you can walk away. Right. You know? right. Like you can just walk away and be like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I have to stop. I have to walk away. I have to give myself a minute maybe eat something that makes me feel good and then yeah. come back. <laughs> but if, there, if there's, there's that, that point of no return and you have, um, you know, with most of what I'm doing, I, I can sit there alone and do it in my studio. I don't have mm-hmm. someone looking over my head, but I did for years when I was pinstriping cars and doing that, I had a business where I'd drive around and I'd go to people's homes and pinstripe their car, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, but I'll bet. They're always standing right there. Mm-hmm. They're always standing right there and, and you screw stuff up sometimes. I was at a car show. And this was in the nineties. And I was, uh, the guy wanted me to, to paint cruising, a little fleur de lis and some pinstripe mm-hmm. and then write the word cruising on the back. I think it was like a, it was a 57 Chevy white. And so I did the one side and came around and I was doing the other side and I got done with writing out the word cruising and he looked at it and he goes, that's not right. And I said, all oh, right. Well, I forgot to put the I in it. So it just said cruising. <laughs> and i'm out there in the show it's i'm in the it's 85 degrees out and i'm using one shot sign painters enamel which is awesome because mm-hmm. you can wipe it off mm-hmm. and we went and looked at the other side and did the same thing on the other side now he was standing there now this was one of those things i was mortified i'm like i'm wiping it off and i'm not getting paid for this and i gotta go away when he realized that he stood there the whole time and didn't catch it either until i was done with the second side he thought that he blamed was himself he thought that was the funny thing in the world 
Mm -hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, there's no excuse for it. But I had to, I had to like swallow all that and be like, I'm really sorry. I said, this was my mistake. And, you know, obviously, but it cost me because I had to do the whole job again. I had to wipe that off. You know, and FYI, people, like when you're drawing letters, you're not spelling. Right. That's like, different. It's different. It's different. It's it's like you almost have to have it drawn out, written out in front of you to call upon that kind of recall. Because right. when you're in it, I've done it with birthday. I've done Biff day. Yeah. I've, done, yeah, you know, I've done it with a lot. My mom's like, what is this? And I'm like, you don't understand how my brain works. I think it's a mild to um, dyslexia or something like that. That a lot of creatives have it, but our a certain part of our sure. brain like turns off while we're we're doing what we do, and that's a very common one. Which is why I try not to do a lot of lettering unless I mean mm-hmm. I said I've had the same thing. I had I had a client. Um, it was an Edgar Allan Poe quote, and it had exquisite in it. But I'm I'm I missed the cue in exquisite. <laughs> and we had gotten to, that's the letter. That's right. the letter that makes that whole word. And you can leave it out and not even see it. I've done it. I've, I've done it. Well, oh and I swear to God that I copied and pasted exactly what he had given me, like in his in his email. I sent him two different proofs because we had to like we had to fix it. We got it on him. He looked at it. Mm-hmm. we tattooed it it didn't get caught until he got home and his wife looked at it and she goes the cue's missing and exquisite and he's like what <laughs> he oh calls God. me what did you fortunate do? well did fortunately do? the thing of it is is you know the style that i recently posted trash polka yeah um it was a trash polka design and the oh. beautiful thing about it was is that exquisite was actually in a part of the tattoo where it was meant to be a negative. So I had outlined it only in like the lightest gray wash. So it was meant to be surrounded by black. So because it hadn't been black, like put in there with black, I was able to scoot the letter over and put it in a queue and then just fill the rest in with black. And then we just put like a little bit of white over where like the little, little bit of like gray wash line still was there totally was able to fix it. And I was like, dude, you are so lucky that this happened this way. Right. And but, I'm so lucky that this happened this way. Because you wouldn't have caught the black. You wouldn't have caught the misspelling in the black either. I wouldn't have. I'm in the same way. I mean, when we neither do, one of us did, he was it, laughing about it because he was like, dude, I needed my wife to tell me. Right. <laughs> but I was like, you know, we couldn't have messed that up. It was an Edgar Allan Poe quote. You can't be walking around. <laughs> The misquoted Edgar Allan Poe. There was that reminds me of a, a funny tattoo story from a movie that was it was um, um the movie was uh, it's called Masters of Menace and it was it was a it was a biker film and it was just one of those all the B all the B art uh, uh, B actors got in it too so it was like Dan Aykroyd John Candy was in it Lenny or a uh, Squiggy from Lenny and Squiggy um, Jim Belu- awesome. Jim Belushi. And you can't find it anywhere. It's a real obscure little. I haven't seen it in the late eighties, but it's a biker film. It's just about, it's like easy rider, but it like, as a, is like easy rider is it meets smoking the bandit or something. It's just a, it's a goofy comedy movie. But one of the parts is sitting there and the guy's talking to the girl and he's, you know, getting her all impressed and, and, and he's showing her his tattoos. And she's like, she's like, what, you know, I think she'd be riding on, they're just sitting around. She doesn't even like a shirt on or anything. 
And she's like, oh, what's it? What's that? What's that mean there on your shirt? He goes, what? Which one? And she goes, the one that says South Kadota. And he goes, South Kadota. It's supposed to be North Kadota. Kadota. Ah, you know, Kadota. But it was great the way you did it, because I didn't even see it either. And because I'm so freaking dyslexic, I don't notice that stuff, you know, but (laughs) it's one of the funniest tattoo kind of things I've ever seen in a movie where someone's just like, yep, they mess up sometimes. And he didn't even realize it till, you know, way down the road. But yep. yeah, so Masters of Menace, if you want a good, Masters if you want to waste Menace. two hours getting dumber, to check that out. you'll laugh your ass off because it's funny. I mean, I've done a lot of things that did that. So it <laughs> wouldn't be, wouldn't be atypical for me. Masters of Menace. I'm going to look that up. Um, so also, sounds I, fun. I wonder why, you know, we're, we're coming on an hour here um, uh-huh. and I would do the, wrap it up a little bit, but first of all, what would you have for advice for say an artist that maybe not so much as a beginner artist, but someone that's been, you know, maybe they've gone through art school and they're starting to get into their career, whether it be um, you're not just a tattoo artist. It's one of the reasons that I really, really have a lot of respect for what you do. Not that someone's Mm -hmm. just a tattoo artist is anything bad about that, but you also have a fine arts degree. You're a fine artist first that ended up doing tattoos as your chosen medium, which I think is brilliant. So you, I'm, I'm tapping into your vast knowledge of art is what I'm do- doing here to say, what would you give for some advice of someone trying to break into some sort of art business, whether it be tattoos or painting or, um, you know, what, what, what say you? Um, well, first I clarify, I'm a dropout. So I got three years in and then I gave up on my bachelor's. Um, so first, first line of thing is that if you are a person who's getting more art uh, jobs offered to you and you can't do them because of your homework, you might want to reevaluate. Um, so that's what happened to me. And I was like, what am I doing here? Um, I can't do art. Right. I can't do art jobs because I have too much art homework. Um, so so that's one thing. Um, it maybe just do it. Um, I've met a lot of, uh, people that are not, that are not formally trained that, um, just started making art. In fact, one of our, uh, one of our apprentices at the old studio I worked at, that's, that was her story. She just, she really loved um, a certain style of tattoo kind of art and started just doing it and made her own style out of just doing the style over and over again and like playing with all of the images and shapes and it was stunning. And she just really kept it clean, kept it beautiful, had an amazing portfolio. But I think the biggest thing, especially now, is that you can't, you can't be afraid to be seen. Um, That's the big thing. I mean, for me, I, um, and this was about the writing that you had seen too, is that the first person that I talked about was my mom because she imbued the critic in me and the critic is a wonderful thing, but it's also um, something that can be paralyzing if you're not, if you're not careful. Right. Um, But because I grew up with the critic and because it kind of trained me to, um, you know, keep pushing to a a lot and um, knowing that it was fine to not be perfect in some ways that it was just better, just keep going and get better and better and better. Um, but, but you can't, you can't be so critical of yourself that you're not willing to be seen because art, art is an art. If it's not on a wall, it's just tucked in a notebook somewhere and nobody sees it. And it won't, it won't do anything for you if you don't put it out there and you're not willing to risk people telling you about it. 
So take the hit and put yourself around a lot of other creatives and ask a lot of questions and, um, you know, just like, like we said earlier, you know, try not to take it personally. It's not, it's not a personal assault on you. It's, it's, um, it's heading towards something that you ultimately want to do, which ultimately will not be about you. What I I learned, (laughs) what what I learned in art school was how to take critiques Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, I don't, when someone says they just don't like it and don't give me an idea why I don't, I, their, their opinion doesn't mean anything to me. Sorry. It, yeah. It doesn't mean anything to me because I asked, yeah. well, why don't you like it? I don't know. I just don't like it. All right. Well, this sardine for you. Thanks for stopping by. <laughs> right. But someone that says, you know, it just, it looks like, you know, the way the sky is, it just, I'm not seeing that as being this time of day or something like that. I'm like, Oh, right. all right. Let me think about it. Take the critique for what it is. Just a critique of, of what you're doing. They may be wrong. But mm-hmm. take it and and don't live and die by it, but take it and say, all right, let's let's really kind of jump in their heads and see what they're go down that road a little bit. Maybe do another piece that that tries what they're experimenting with. You know, that's what I'm doing with I stopped painting. I was in the middle of because I wanted to try something that I saw and improve it. And that's my biggest advice for for people. I think you and me are on the same page as that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to be out there. You need to be seen. You need to be able to be shown that what you're doing isn't good enough or is good enough. Yeah. You know, or You'll where never it's know. good enough. Cause you know, um, the, the, you know, the New York museum of art probably won't have a picture of a portion I'm doing in there anytime soon, but it's certainly good enough to hang in the Peterson museum in, in, um, you know, of California. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of, it's just a matter of scale and what you're doing and where you're at, but keep pushing, keep doing it. Anytime you can get work to, to be an artist. I think every job you get, teaches you something and you know sometimes I take the ones that I don't want to do just to put myself through the 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 practice of saying I'm going to create something even though this isn't something I really want to do um and grow with it and every time I do that something great comes out of it I mean there's Mm -hmm. a breakthrough there's something and even as long as I've been doing it there's still breakthroughs and I want more and more um my dad is 90 years old and he just went to Boston to WGBH channel two in Boston with an 18 piece big band to record um, oh, an wow. album full of, of, uh, of uh, compositions that he's, you know, arrangements, music, musical arrangements, big band jazz stuff that he did, you know, with the oh, best yeah. musicians in the Boston area. I mean, the guy that was doing the conducting for it, um, he used to be first trumpet in the Buddy Rich band. I mean, this is the level of people that are doing that. Yeah. I can't wait to hear this recording. Oh, I'm sure it's incredible. So, um, you know, but he's still pushing, he's still, still pushing 90. Yeah. He's still, and he's pushing the envelope and he's really doing something and he's doing mm-hmm. what he wants. And I see that. And that's, you know, that's my, that's my inspiration. Oh yeah. To just, just keep going and keep getting better and meet mm-hmm. new people. You and I met on the Nomad Network. Um, that's uh, a network that Jason Stapleton from the podcast Wealth, Power, and In- Influence um, put mm-hmm. together. And uh, boy, we've met some great people in there. I mean, you and me have become great friends that have never met. And yeah. uh, we've got Carol LeBaron on there. Was another just absolutely inspiring artist. She's incredible. And, and then now we've got more new artists coming on. Um, I just mm-hmm. did, like I said, uh, we talked about a little bit earlier. I did an interview. Um, with somebody last night about 3d printing and the other side of my brain and the other side of my world. And um, I'm interested in it too. I, um, I have a lot of ideas for things that, that could be really cool. Um, 3, 3d printed items. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, one thing at a time, you know, we got, yeah, exactly. We got, 
exactly i mean talk about perfection i mean getting getting a podcast out when you you feel super super intimidated by technology all the time i mean right before we started there was a little bit of a technical thing so on my end yeah yeah i mean it, it just it constantly happens and that's the other thing is that i think that um it's just life guys like you know mm-hmm. all all of life is going to it's a lesson in control and the more you do it the more you realize that that the the reality is it's not what you can control it's how you how you control yourself and how you react to those things and that's what really makes you the kind of person and it affects so, us all it affects yeah. us all the reason why i wanted you to do this podcast with me as my first like podcast again starting out i did seven episodes through like last February. And mm-hmm. I was spending 11, 12 hours on them editing and putting in photographs and doing all this and music. And I was trying to make these beautiful, perfect things. And um, I did it all for nothing. I mean, they, I think the most watched one got like 40 views. And uh, so I was, they weren't doing what I was doing. I'm like, why am I messing around? Cause I've been, Amy had me on, on her podcast, which I was really happy with. And it was one of the breakthrough moments for me where I'm like, I can come on here with you and we can just talk. I don't have any oh, notes. Yeah. We didn't, we, I didn't, no. we didn't plan it. We, we spoke for a minute or two before the thing. This is what you want to talk about. Well, this, and <laughs> honestly, Amy and me both know we could sit here till three in the morning, you know, and oh, go yeah. for another four hours, but we won't, we'll spare you that. We'll do another episode. Yeah, we can do another one. <laughs> but but uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on and, and giving some insights into this and go and check out everything. So why don't you give all the links and places you are and what you want people to oh, see and all so that many. kind of stuff. Well, if you'd like to work with me uh, in terms of tattooing, uh, I take requests through my website, which is www. Uh, dot Amy or not Amy, sorry, www.anicholstattoos.com. And I have a contact sheet through there. So I take all my requests um, directly through there. Um, and I, I take forever to get back to you. So please be prepared for wait. Um, most of my clients wait a year, uh, if not more. Um, I'm just one person. That's, that's how that goes. And I'm sorry. I wish I could be more. Uh, but my podcast, you can catch at the underscore apprenticeship underscore diaries on Instagram. Um, we're also on Twitter where we also have a Facebook page. Um, I also have uh, my own private studio. So if you'd like to, you know, follow the studio page, it's beyond the pale art studio on Instagram. And then on Instagram, I'm a Nichols tattoos and it's a N I C H O L L S uh, T A T T O O S. So, um, yeah, that's where you can, I mean, you can Google me, you'll see my art. You'll see though. There is still a girl that competes with me who got eaten by a small Cayman or something that's her name's Amy Nichols. She keeps competing for me on Google for some spot. I mean, I think, I think her death, I think her death warrants a little homage, but yeah, she keeps competing with me. <laughs> well, we'll have links to to the to the to correct places and maybe that one too. That sounds interesting and horrifying. At She's the same cute. Time. She's beautiful. I was so upset, but I, you know, I was like, "Come on, man! Oh, will like, I never? Will I never rise?" <laughs> well, great. Well, thank thank you so much. And I've got um, I had an idea I want to talk to you about for a minute too. So when we're done, so everyone that's yeah. listening to this will have to wait till hear about what this your plan is. So yeah. anyway. 
I'm Ken Madden. This has been the Mad K Studio Show, and I really appreciate episode eight and Amy getting me back on track. God bless you, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>